We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier, joined as always by my co-host Nick Filato. Rough night here uh, covering the Giants, covering this podcast as a fan. It's just, this was a dark, dark day. Um, you know, we'll wait for more people to come into the stream right now, but we'll do a little intro as we go through that process, and I'm going to tweet out this link as well. But, I mean... There's been dark days for a while now rooting for this franchise, Nick, and covering this franchise. Me and you started in 2019 together. I've been covering this franchise since 2016 with 24-7 Sports. Or actually, it was a 2015, either 2015 or 2016. And there's been like one or two good seasons in that span. And in that span, there's also been now two just disastrous seasons where we're watching not we're not watching football with this team. We're watching DeVito, who doesn't have an NFL arm. Now, he had an okay game in the end, like from a number standpoint. People are like, oh, he went 18 of 24. Yeah, man, but like you saw the deep ball he dialed up. The ball died and was intercepted, and it's not an NFL arm. This is not a QB2. This is not somebody to build around. You need more of a floor. You need more of a ceiling. You need an NFL arm. And then we also saw from, which was not real offense either. And that has now happened in two of the last four seasons or three seasons for the Giants, Nick. We might be looking at an extended period of seven, seven, what are we, two and seven now, nine of eight games of I don't even know because there's no one to sign. They'll get Barkley, I guess, in here, Matt Barkley, who's not going to have a little bit of a better time I maybe than DeVito. I don't know. It's not going to be offense. It's not going to be real. It's not going to be fun. And we'll have to look at the O-line and do things like that, but. Man, dude, it's it's this one's darker too because they had expectations coming into this year. Obviously, false expectations. We now learn, Nick, but it's rough. Uh, this was a tough period. This was a tough one for me. Watching my dad and my mom. <laughs> Shout out Nancy and Ron Schneier. We, my mom was so sad. She just wanted a good. Like I haven't been over there to watch a game in a while. She just wanted them to win this game, and I thought they were going to win this game too, Nick. We both predicted they would win in our preview show. Um. They lost, and they weren't competitive again, and now their franchise quarterback that they paid, $80 million guaranteed and then deferred some of that money, is potentially out for the year with a torn ACL. So as we wait for people to come in here, Nick, that's my initial thoughts on what's going on. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't know where, you, where, where you're at with this right now. I'm really depressed. I'm right there with you. I mean, there's really um, 
not a lot of positives you can take away from the 2023 season. It's been an unmitigated disaster at this point. And the New York Giants seem to just be the elixir for other bad quarterbacks or perceived bad quarterbacks. Like the Jets found a way to beat them last week. Aiden O'Connell was incredibly efficient against them. It's just frustrating seeing the team that you root for get embarrassed week in and week out. And right now the New York Giants are the team on the schedule that every other team looks at. It's like win W. We believed we were past that with Brian Dable and Joe Shane. Erroneously that we're learning now after the coach of the year, after winning a playoff game. And now everything that you already just touched on, it's accurate. Then we have a quarterback who's getting paid a ton of money right now, who is more than likely going to be out for an extended period of time with a significant knee injury. And we hope Daniel Jones is okay, but man, we are uh, up shit's Creek. And I guess the one thing we could take away is we're going to have a high draft pick. So draft season is going to be really interesting this year. Yeah. The giants are in my mind, Nick, if Jones is out for an ACL end of year, they're almost a guarantee at this point to get a top five pick. I can't see them winning football games with like DeVito or Matt Barkley at quarterback. And I don't think they're, you know, we're past the trade deadline. They're not going to go for like Josh Dobbs at this point. Um, so there's really no way to win football games without quarterback with, I mean, and DeVito played like, I guess decent. Some people are like, Oh, look at the numbers. He played good. I'm like, dude, they were down 27, nothing at one point in this game to the Raiders. There wasn't a point in this game where you were like, Oh, the first yeah. snap of the game, even before Jones got injured, where I was like, Oh, well, fuck. we're not winning. This yeah. Game. And like, when he missed, when he missed like Saquon Barkley in the flat by six yards over his head, it was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, okay. We can, we don't have to talk too much about that, but Jones was horrible in this game before his injury. I mean, you missed Jalen Hyatt wide open for a touchdown. He threw a ball to Jalen Hyatt before that that was hanging in the air for like 15 seconds in a dome. He missed Barkley in the flat by five yards. I mean, I don't maybe it's the jitters. Maybe he's compensating for the injury, whatever it is, man. It's just after that, though, they went down 27, nothing. So it's like you can turn to DeVito. You could people are like, look at DeVito's stats. I'm like, what do you mean? They were down 27, nothing. There's not that many people saying that, though, is there? There's. I guess it's just like one person that's stuck in my head. Like, maybe. And then somebody there's, who followed off. I don't <laughs> think there's I don't think there's giant fans that have delusions of grandeur about no. Tommy DeVito being like a long term thing. It's a cool yeah. story. And by it's thing cool and by thing, you don't you agree with me. You mean not even QB, two? I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I don't think he's an NFL arm. Personally. Not right now. NFL arm. That's not an arm. It's not. Yeah. It's not like an arm that you're clamoring around. Like if he's a starting quarterback, his defining trait is not going to be his arm, but we're not even talking about this because that's not what we're, you know, Tommy DeVito isn't the long-term thing here. No, it's just the cool story that's going on. And the sad reality, that's like the the screwed up thing about all this is a cool story, but it's a terrible, terrible thing that's going on right now for the Giants. Yeah. It's a cool story to some degree, but to me, it's like, Horrible career at Syracuse was pretty bad on tape at Illinois preseason. Doesn't really matter. It's fake football for the most part. And I need to like, I want to like, we went over some tape with, with um, Matt Sims about Tyra Taylor. Like you saw some of the explosive throws he made. I want my backup to have that kind of arm talent and upside. I want two good QBs in here. That's what I want. Like I, I strive. I strive. Now they need, honestly, they should sign Davis Webb at this point. He's coaching somewhere. Quite frankly, I know he is coaching somewhere, but Davis Webb looked better in that Eagles game than DeVito or Jake Fromm have looked at any point um, when stepping in for the Giants. But yeah, man, it's it's crazy that they're they're at this point, obviously. Um, but I don't know, man. I I don't I don't really know exactly where the Giants go from here at this point. That's the weird part about it, Nick. They're in a really interesting spot now because they're 
let's say Jones is out for the year with a torn ACL. Well, they don't know for sure if he's going to be back for week one of next year. Someone pointed to the Joe Burrow comeback and it was fast. And I was like, yeah, that was a fast comeback from an ACL. But what about the Kyler Murray comeback? So that's going pretty slow right now. We're, de- we're dealing, we're diving into week nine right now. And yes, he's like medically cleared, but it was, took a long time to get him back there. Um, and you need to have some hurt kind of plan. towards the end of the season last year. You got ahead towards the end of the season. I think it was in December. Um, but you need to have some kind of plan for week one, the giants, because Tyrod Taylor won't be under contract and he's injury prone. Obviously Tommy DeVito is nothing to me from an NFL standpoint. I'm sorry to say, I don't mean to knock the kid. I'm not trying to knock the kid. It's like, if you put, I don't know. I can't explain it. It's just not an NFL arm. This is not like he was undrafted, right? Like he, he, he was bad at Syracuse and he was bad at Illinois. It's not, we're just, it's not a QB two. It's not someone who you want to play quarterback for your franchise at any point in an NFL game. And they need to figure out this position now, Nick, because yeah, they have an injury. Like I said, they've like, I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. Like what's going to happen at quarterback as we pertain to the 2024 season, obviously at this point, sadly, this season is over right now. It's without a doubt. They're two and seven, even if they were mathematically not eliminated. And I don't think they are mathematically eliminated. We know you and me and everyone listening that without Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor, they have no chance to win enough football games. (laughs) They have to win all their football games. I think to make the playoffs at this point or lose one and win the rest. So everything is about 2024, but, we have to figure out where they're going to go. And that's what's kind of made me right now just so like depressed, the de, um, distraught, uh, despondent. I just like, yeah, like, I don't know, man. It's just because they, they still, like, Daniel Jones is under contract for all of next season, guaranteed. And then they deferred a shit ton of the money before this year. So they're still going to have to take a gnarly dead cap hit in 2025 if they want to get rid of him. Um, maybe it's not that high. I think it's in the 20 million range, but it's just wild, man. They, they made the playoffs. They won a playoff game a year, a half a year later. They're not a competitive football team. Maybe the worst in the NFL. That's crazy to me. Yeah. That's the NFL though. There's a lot of turnover and yep. there's a lot of teams that make the playoffs and they don't make it the next year. And the giants benefited from a lot of fortune last year. They were very opportunistic. They were really efficient on both sides of the football. All that stuff waned. The injuries really just caught up to them. And it happened on the first drive with Andrew Thomas. And that's not an excuse. It's just a reality. And we also knew heading into the season that this team had a more difficult schedule ahead of them playing the AFC East, being terrible within their own division. At least mm. they you know, have a win over Washington, which they seem to typically beat quite often. It is kind of nuts. I mean, this is very similar to the 2021 season, only that was false hope, as we've discussed in the past, going from 2020 to 2021 when the Giants got hot, didn't get in the playoffs because of the Nate Sudfeld uh, experience, if you want to call it that. But there was a lot of high hope heading into 2021. Blew up. Daniel Jones ended up getting hurt. Everything fell out. I don't think John Mara wanted to really fire Joe Judge, but we just saw just unexcusable things happen on the football field. The Jake Fromm situation. The, and off the field. And, and off the field. And the Chicago Bears press conference was was one, yeah. I think, that just and, like And just the it. state of being in that locker room walking on eggshells. The same thing that happened with Josh McDaniel. No, that doesn't work in the NFL. You're not going to have your kids run laps. That's The reason why I bring this up, though, is I don't think Dable or Shane should be fired. I'm going to just flat out say that now. I see a lot of talk, like a lot of talk on social media about that. I think that's that's crazy kind of right now. But I'll say this. Joe Judge lost the locker room and everything bad happened to him. I don't think when 
Daniel Jones got injured and the Giants were already shitty back in 2021, John Mara was going into it saying, we're probably going to fire Joe Judge. I think he was like, we'll take it a game at a time. More than likely, we're going to bring him back. But then right. he got pushed to the brink where it was like, I got it. We got to go in a different direction. I'm sorry, Joe. Right. Is there a possibility for that right now? If everything falls under Brian Dable's feet right now and the locker room just falls to shreds, because we might be looking down the barrel mm-hmm. of just getting blown out and getting absolutely embarrassed in a lot yep. of these games if we don't have quarterbacks. So what happens to the locker room? That's a great question. And because that's the thing, it's like, how do you keep a locker room together as good of a coach as you might be? Let's say you're the greatest coach in NFL history. Is it easy to keep a locker room together with what you just said, Nick, where you're getting blown out on a week to week basis, game after game after game? I mean, you saw Barkley today. It looked bad, in my opinion, with him on the sideline. He just looks like so fed up with this shit, as we are as fans do. Nobody wants to be in a 27 nothing game. Like, no player, no fan, no anyone involved with this team. And you're right. Like, what happens when this continues to happen? Because it's going to continue to happen. They're going to get blown out by the Cowboys next week. That's a guarantee, in my mind, just an absolute guarantee. And then maybe they can, like, compete with the Patriots-type teams and the Packers because the Packers are just so bad. They can't blow anybody out. They look so bad today against the Rams. So, like, the Giants might be able to be competitive in those games, quote-unquote. But it's tough, in my opinion, for the locker room to stay together in a season like this. And it's a great question to ask. I do think that ultimately, Nick, it's easier to keep a locker room together when you're not, when you have a more player-friendly approach like Brian Dable has than Joe Judge. If you're going to be the Joe Judge style where everyone's walking on eggshells, they're afraid to make any mistake or say the wrong thing, you're not going to be able to keep that type of locker room together in a losing season. Because there's going to be like, what the fuck? What do you mean? We don't win games and we're trying to do your stupid way? Run laps after practice? No, I'm not doing that. But it's a great question because, like, I don't know. I don't know the dynamics of the locker room. And I'm not sure, like, you may have some more, a little bit more insight into this than me, but, like, I don't know what it's like to continuously get your ass kicked week after week after week and then stay together and believe in what the coach is, is preaching. you right. I, I, I don't know, man. I really don't, but I'm with you on the larger point that you brought up, Nick, which is that I still do believe in both of them. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. If you ask me right now, I have more faith in Joe Shane than I do Brian Dable, which is crazy to say, because I never thought I would get there. And it's not because I don't think Dable is a good offensive mind. It's because Dable's had some moments this year as a coach that have just been yeah. bad, just straight up bad in a lot of ways, in-game yeah. decision-making, some injury stuff. The fact that this team has like more mental errors than they had last year by a considerable margin, playing players late into games that are injured, playing in the game, Daniel Jones week one without Andrew Thomas, still trotting him out there to get hit time after time again. And so he still has to kind of prove that this wasn't a fluke, right, Nick? Because I look back and I think about it last year versus this year, and then people bring it up to me too, and they look at Giants round gained in 15 of 17 games last year. The Giants finished the season three and seven and one last year. Yeah. And I wonder if I was hoodwinked and if I was fooled by this whole thing and by the momentum of it and caught up in it. And to be quite frank, Nick, I, we've discussed this a lot off pod, but I'm just about done with Daniel Jones as the quarterback of this team. And I'm no longer afraid to say it. I don't care about the bullying. I don't care about the nonsense. It's not his fault, but it is. I mean, this is just not what it looks like. This is not what great quarterback play looks like. It's not what it's looked like at any point. Moments, I guess the Arizona game, I guess 
but this was never like full command type of like what we saw from Burrow tonight, right? Where he's just from the gun all game, getting rid of the ball. It's a 300 yard game. Everything looks easy. We just haven't had that moment with Jones at any point. I don't even think we need to like express that though. That should yeah. be self-evident. Everybody who watches the New York Giants fans, like, like Daniel Jones was never Joe Burrow. We shouldn't even be comparing those things. But Daniel it's hard Jones, to win without Joe Burrow types. Yes. That's yeah, the problem. Yes. It's hard to consistently compete. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And win without that type of quarterback, absolutely. I know this season has been rough, gross, disgusting, and of course, disappointing. But I find solace through Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. I just pick two to six players' stat projections, select more or less on those projections, and I watch the winnings roll in. It's simple, easy, fun, and their flex play options allow you to win on, say, two out of three selections instead of all three. I choose this option often because I'm a coward. You could be a coward, too, and capitalize on a higher probability to win. And now with basketball season here, you can select pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. Let's bank on that. Plus, PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ...is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. One of the many reasons why they've earned the tagline, Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. So please, go to prizepicks.com slash banter and use code BANTER for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash banter and use the code banter for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Make Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. There are few things better in the world than kicking back, watching some football, and biting into some delicious Little Caesars pizza. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Old world pepperoni, pepperoni, extra cheese, Italian sausage, olives, onions, pineapple if you're into that put it on half the pie the entire pie there are so many other options that i don't have time to name slap that on a round crust a thin crust a stuffed crust a detroit style deep dish either way you win and speaking of winning everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game it's not a bird it's not a plane It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra featuring the Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. And I mean that, whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code Big Blue. Sometimes you just need to trim those hedges, and there are plenty of options that you can use over at Manscaped to help give you the look that you desire down below. So please get 20% off plus free shipping with code Big Blue at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code Big Blue at manscaped.com. I can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. So get yours today from our folks at Manscaped. High tech for low prices. Manscaped. The the last thing I want to get over um, before we do that is because we're going to get to this point soon. And I want to get this nip this in the bud. But the idea that you can't draft a quarterback until you get your offensive line set is not going to be an idea that Nick and I will entertain this draft season. You can bring it up to us. You're allowed to express your opinion, but don't go into it assuming or expecting that we're going to come around to it and just understand that we have no, it's a, I consider, I don't want to speak for you, Nick. I consider it a faulty argument and one I won't entertain. First of all, great quarterbacks improve offensive lines by getting rid of the football with anticipation, by understanding and processing defenses, by getting the ball out on time with good ball placement. When you have a great O-line, 
you have a ceiling if you don't have a quarterback. You can be good. You can be awesome. You can be Jimmy G's San Francisco 49ers that get to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and then airmail a wide-open Emmanuel Sanders for a touchdown to lose the Super Bowl. You're never going to get back there with Jimmy G. They never got back there with Jimmy G. He's done. He's a horrible quarterback. Now, I want to make that clear. That doesn't mean the Giants can just win with horrible offensive lines. There are pieces on this offensive line that can prove this offensive line and make them average faster than people realize. Andrew Thomas for a full season. John Michael Schmitz. Potentially, if they can get anything out of the rest of those guys. And by that, I mean Bredesen, Azudu, and Neal. Who knows on those three? But they have two that I feel comfortable with. They need to start to... So just get the idea out of your head that we can't take a court. Because guess what? Imagine the idea of like, we, we're going to pass over a quarterback prospect we love, Nick, because we don't feel comfortable with our own line yet. And what's the plan? You prove your own line and then magically you get your quarterback. But even though you might not have the draft pick to do it, or there might not be a quarterback in that specific class, like that's the thing. I think some people think of this formulaically, like every class we need QB, we take QB. It's not need QB, you take QB. Because that's why we're in the position we're in. In 2019, the Giants needed QB. What did they do? They convinced themselves on a quarterback that wasn't quite frankly special in any way from a talent standpoint and they reach on it and that's what happens you don't just take a qb when you need one he obviously has to and that's another point i'm trying to make here he has to be great and they have to evaluate him to be a great talent but you don't pass on great talent if you do get to that point in your evaluation so i just want to get that out there i want to hear some thoughts from you on that too i don't think there's that many people who disagree with you are there like a lot of people no on this one has like, some no. some traction you'll see it a lot on giants that, yeah that the, that, the idea hard. is, look at what happened when we did it with Daniel Jones. We can't do this again. That's the idea. The idea is, if we draft a quarterback, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. Da, 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 da. He never gets a chance. He's never good. That's what it is. That's the argument. Jeez, man. That's like assuming that Daniel Jones is on the same level as some of these other quarterbacks. Exactly. And it's like, come on, guys. What are we doing here? That's like a silly assumption. Have you seen the ball? Have you seen him throw a football, guys? It's there's so much time till till the NFL draft. There's so much football left to be played. It's bleak. If the Giants do have a top three, top five pick, whatever the hell it is, the Giants have to entertain a quarterback. Like Joe Shane is going to so many. Like it would be a dereliction of duty if Joe Shane didn't go out there and entertain quarterbacks. He was like, well, you know, our offensive line's not that great, so you know, let's just put Tommy <laughs> DeVito. But like that's just such a dumb thought process right. behind it. Yes, they have to entertain. Does that mean they make the selection? No, it doesn't. Right. Right. Like it doesn't say if they like Marvin Harrison and they're like, you know yes. what? We have this plan and Daniel Jones recover, whatever. And we don't like or if they just don't or... feel like any of these quarterbacks can be top exactly. five or top ten. Me and you exactly. are perfectly fine with that. We're totally good with that. Like, that's the thing. We want to make sure we don't repeat what just happened in 2019. We I'm can't do this again. You I'm don't glad want to CJ Stroud is a, glad CJ Stroud's doing what he's doing down in Houston. Though, man. Oh, so we don't have to listen to the bullshit about if you can't draft an Ohio State quarterback. Well, that not just that. Him? I just I also like liked C.J. Stroud. Like I, yeah. I thought he was. I thought he was a, gotcha. a a good quarterback. And then in the preseason, I definitely second guessed myself because he looked horrendous. He looked horrible <laughs> in the preseason. The O line looks so bad <laughs> in the preseason too. Preseason is nothing. We have to start it's, learning yeah. that the preseason is nothing that we should make any assumptions off of, including training camp. Include training camp in that as well. It's going to be a fun draft uh, time, and we're going to be going through quarterbacks. We're going to be going that through everybody. True. Yeah, that's the bright spot. At least we get to go to draft at some point, and that will be fun for us because we'll have a top pick. 
Yeah, but. because there was like nothing to talk about from this game. The defense, they, they were just getting shredded uh, from from a passing standpoint. Yeah. They were doing a lot more zone runs, and it's just there was wide open cutback lanes. It was just basically Josh Jacobs executing zone runs, which according to Marcus, who we did a crossover pod with, they weren't doing as much of. It was much more of a power gap. Well, there were a lot more zone runs in this game, zone and duo. New regime. And, and Josh, yeah, and Josh Jacobs was just finding the correct hole and hitting it <laughs> with a lot of passion, I guess, because he's a hard, hard guy to tackle, man. The, the defense just um was out there way too long, too, man. It's just the same That's story part of it. At this and point. I think some of it is exactly yeah. the same story. Defense out there too long. I think some of it is like when your quarterback goes down like that, your 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 starting quarterback, it's just a momentum pull. Like oh, the pin 100%. is pulled from all the juice on that sideline. All the air is deflated immediately. We get called like. Daniel Jones haters, and that's an inaccurate way to, to yeah. characterize us. Even though Daniel Jones might not be the best quarterback out there, you lose your leader. You know how this locker room galvanizes around Daniel Jones. They love Daniel Jones. You lose that guy. That's going to have a huge impact, especially in the manner that he got lost. He just took a step back and his knee buckled. Like that's yeah, like, brutal. That's such a crap. Yeah, it's brutal, man. Not to you mention know, it's like that on top of like they know at this point Tommy DeVito is not winning them that football game. That's yeah. the other thing. These are human beings. They know that when Jones is down, like these defenders are like, I guess we're going out here for a million snaps again, and we're probably not moving the football again, and we're probably running the ball again every play. So what is like it's tough? It's tough to keep your competitive drive, I feel like, in those situations when you know you have no chance. And before um, we get into the questions, man, like I do wonder what happens with Saquon now because the Giants didn't give him a long-term contract. And Saquon Barkley is about the most professional, professional athlete you'll see. Everything that he says is like, I want that guy to be the face of my franchise. And he did it again after this game, just being, you know, the the most professional running back you could ask for. But from his perspective, man, you're in a losing season. You don't have a long-term contract. Why the hell are you going to go out there and get like 35 touches and put all That's, that wear and tear yeah. on your body when you've already been injured this year? From his perspective, I he he'll do it because he's Saquon Barkley. But damn, dude, like think about that from a business side yes. of things, which I don't, you know, I'm sure he has that somewhere in his mind. He won't obviously admit it, but that's something, bro. And maybe we're not expected to or assumed to like care about that as friend as fans. But I know me and you as people, Nick, I've known you for a while now. We care about that kind of shit. And like, I'll be honest with you, I don't need Saquon Barkley. I don't give a crap about Saquon Barkley playing 30 snaps a game in a two and seven season. I don't I I you know me, guys. I'm not. I'll root for wins when the time comes, but I know what's best for this franchise right now is to get better draft position. It's the obvious thing. And I don't, and I know what's best and it sucks. I'm not rooting for losses. Like I'll root for wins with the, this is, I like how big cat on part of my take describes it. He's like the whole week, you know, you're, you're better off losing the game. And then when game day comes, you're like, we can do this. We can win. We can. And I still want to play spoiler, right? Like if Daniel yeah. Jones was in, I'd be down to win games. But like with Tommy DeVito, and Matt Barkley, who's probably going to be signed, I don't have much interest in winning these football games. There's nothing good that comes from it. And grinding Saquon Barkley for 30 carries a game, I don't need that. Like, I'm a human being. I know this is a bad spot for him, like, to be in this position with no contract from the Giants and the running back market as it is. But Mark Harris uh, just mentions this in the comments. It's not a super, but it. It is. It pertains to this conversation, and I agree with it. He just said, I believe Barkley and the team have a gentleman's agreement on a new three-year deal. I don't know if they have a gentleman's agreement, but I think Saquon Barkley wants to be a giant, and the Giants want Saquon Barkley to be a giant, and I think they're going to figure out a way to ensure that that happens. But that also 
is that a little divergent from what's going on with the team right now? The Giants already pushed a bunch of chips in to use these gambling mm -hmm. references that I, I don't I don't play poker, but they already pushed all their chips in. You, you can add the lingo, Dan. It, it didn't work out for them. Are you going to continue yeah. to push your chips in? It's just a, it's an awkward state right now. Right. Although I do believe they really want to retain him because they consider him the face of their franchise. Yeah, and it is interesting. And obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but there's no one who can sit here right now and tell you it wouldn't be better for the Giants if they signed Barkley to a long-term deal or a medium deal three-year and franchise tag Daniel Jones. That's obvious at this point. That's not up for debate. It's obviously they're in a better position without having hundreds of million, whatever it is, 80 million left and guaranteed for Jones. That's going to be on the books for next year and then part of 2025. But at the time, neither of us has thought that, Nick. And even now, I don't really love the idea of signing Barkley long-term because of what you just said. It's like, this is somewhat eerily reminiscent of 20, the 2021 range when they went all in with the Galladay contract and all those other contracts on this group. And at some point, you just have to pull the plug on the group and say, this isn't the group that's going to get it done for the Giants. That doesn't mean you trade everyone. Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, those are locked in. Those are great pieces for any franchise with any QB, with any run game, with any receivers. But at some point, you got to consider it. And it is interesting to think about with Barkley because – I don't know if they have that agreement that was suggested, that gentleman's yeah. agreement, but it's possible. Yeah, I don't know about an agreement. I just think it might be like like a tacit understanding, maybe. Like, where's like, I, I want to be here, and I, I know you guys want me. We'll, we will figure it out when the time comes, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's just crazy, man. Eight months ago was when they pushed all those chips in. It wasn't right. that long ago, and now it's like, yo, I don't think we should have done that now i'm gonna to get to our first super right here from jd he says is there any way out of dj's contract from injury and no there is not a way out of the contract i think it's the opposite actually right yeah the, the giants can get out of the contract after the 2024 season but that's with a 22 million dollar dead cap hit for the 2025 season i believe it is you can you can handle that kind of dead cap but that's a pretty hefty dead cap to assume. So you still have him on the books next year, but no, you, you can't get out of it because of injury. I think he and actually think, signed something yeah. saying that like, Hey, you, you can't screw me over if I do end up getting injured. Right. I think it was actually the opposite. Uh, so what Nick just said, and I think that's another interesting and, and fair criticism that, or I don't want to say fair criticism, but something to consider criticism wise that people have levied at Joe Shane, which is yeah. why do you sign a guy who's been injured every year in his career, except for his breakout year? Break. I say breakout year. The guy threw 15 touchdown passes this is a breakout year. I think, yeah, I mean, we were dead last in explosive pass plays. Breakout year. His breakout year, um, the only year he didn't get injured, why do you negotiate a contract where he can get that way? And Daniel Jones did get a lot of his way in that contract negotiations. He got the that thing where you, you can't get out of it with injury, and he got this crazy $40 million a year type of shit. And so, and I don't really blame Joe Shane for that, Nick, because I just feel like he's bad head over the barrel, like, I don't know the, the correct term. And I said a mountain out of a molehill yes, last week and it was wrong. And my friends were cracking up about that, by the way, shout out to the Wisconsin chat. They're like, that was not the correct reference. And, uh, that was funny, but sorry, where was I going with this about, about you're, the contract? You're talking about how Joe Shane was. Yeah. I just feel like it was just like, there was too much pressure from Mara. There was too much pressure from the reality situation, which is they want to a playoff game with this guy. And he scored 31 points and he, played better on film than he had at any point. It didn't mean he was playing like a great quarterback. It just meant that he played better than he ever had. By it a was a, 
It was a Joe Flacco situation, only the Giants didn't win a Super Bowl, which really yeah. is the biggest part of that situation. But that was the and Giants were competitive in the divisional round. Yeah, man. Yeah, they weren't competitive against the Eagles in that game. Yeah. But the one thing, like Joe Shane, he did kind of compare the situations in terms of uh, regarding playing the Eagles. He was like, well, our roster is significantly worse. And he was correct on that. But in assuming that, it's saying that we have the quarterback. as well, uh, All we have to do is improve the roster around him, and then right. we'll be able to compete in these games. And I don't know if, uh, or it doesn't appear like that's just the case. But the Giants have also dealt with a ton of bad luck. That's not the reason why they suck right now. But they have been very mi- misfortunate as well throughout this season, just um, sure. with all the injuries and everything. Yep, but so many other self-inflicted wounds. JC NYC says, "Do y'all think we would win if DJ don't get hurt? Feels like we're out coached all year. We need Josh Dobbs. LOL. <laughs> so if Daniel Jones didn't get hurt, um, would we have won? Maybe one other game, maybe the Buffalo game, just because the Giants seemed like really prepared for that. But Tyrod had a lot of really good throws in that game. It's just the one really big mistake before halftime. I think the Giants look." I think they ran into a really difficult schedule and and Brian Dable, as Dan already said, has not had his best season as a coach. He's not had his best season. So I don't know if we would have won many more games if DJ was in there. Yeah. And if you're just asking, thanks for the, by the way, thank you for the super chat and we appreciate your support. Um, If you're just asking about this game, I don't, I thought going into the Giants would win the game, but after watching the first few drives, even with DJ, I don't, I don't think they would have won this game potentially, even if he was playing. Um, He wasn't playing particularly well. In my opinion, he no. missed horribly on to Hyatt once. You can call the other one that was out of bounds, not a miss, I guess, but the ball hung in the air and didn't even land in play. He missed Barkley in the flat bad. Those were just three of his, what, eight throws. I think he was three of eight. And the one time that he did get bad pressure, I, I and I, I understand why, he kind of went down immediately because it looked like it was going to be that kind of game to me when I was watching, like it was going to be a, any kind of pressure, get out of this immediate situation. Yeah. I don't want to get hit in that. And it sucks. Like I feel bad for the dude. He's a hard worker and he's a great person and he's great for the giants outside of that. He's not a great quarterback <laughs> and he doesn't really process well. And he doesn't throw with anticipation almost ever. And his ball placement isn't that good in any area except for the deep dig and his ball placement on the, on the vertical plane, which people seem to think is good. Isn't really that good. And his velocity is not good on the vertical plane. So I, he's an amazing person. I get it guys. But like, at some point we have to look at him as a quarterback too, not just as a human being and a leader. Um, and so, no, I don't actually think they would have won this game if he was in the game, the whole game after watching it. Kyle Kilday, Thank you so much. He says, I know the caveats. I haven't done the proper evaluation on tape, but if the Giants end up picking third, is Penix worth that high of a pick? It's so hard to really give you uh, an answer here, Kyle, when I haven't done the tape. But from the little bit of Washington football that I have seen, kid seems like he has moxie. Kid seems like he can really sling the football. He's led a bunch of drives that I was just like, oh, now this happens at the college level, though, where I was just like, yeah. seems like he has an it factor. But I don't really know how to quantify that. So I, I really would need to get into the tape uh, to... to uh, to provide that information, Kyle, I do thank you so much for the super chat, but uh, he's definitely someone who interests me. And I could take this to another level, Kyle, because I do agree with Nick generally. Like I just haven't seen enough Penix to make a good, um, you know, observation on this, but I'll say this. And I've said this before in the past, uh, passingly on the podcast and to you, I know a few times off pod, Nick, but 
I think in general, like even if once we get the time to watch the tape, some of this is just you have to put your like put your foot in the ground, plant your flag, and say how you feel about a guy based on traits, and then trying to project at the NFL level because you could look at Josh Allen's tape at Wyoming and think that this guy's never going to make it in the NFL. Now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And if we had just based Josh Allen off his tape in college, you would say this guy doesn't even belong on the NFL field for a starting game. And so it's very, very tough. And for me, I'm going to be looking for different things. I think than than you are Nick. And that's for everybody. I think everyone who goes into the evaluation process with quarterbacks has different things in their mind that they're looking for when they watch the tape. And that's something that we'll go over when we discuss quarterbacks. We've never done this, Nick. We've never broken down quarterbacks from the college tape in our time doing the draft coverage. And we've had all these extensive draft podcasts. I don't think we had a single one on a quarterback. I can't remember one that we've done. I think we've talked occasionally about just like guys, none that who the Giants are obviously considering, but we've never done like tape stuff on them. So it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see like what you're looking for at that position and what kind of traits you're trying to project the next level and the ones I am too. And it's going to be really interesting. Um, to try to break these guys down. As far as what I've seen from Penix so far, I just watched the Oregon game, the one versus Bo Nix. I watched that whole game. His ball placement looked good. I will start by saying that. I like that he does something that I feel like more quarterbacks should do at the NFL level, which is just throw the freaking ball up and outside the numbers often and just give your receivers chances to make a play on the ball, get it out of your hands fast. He does all those things, but he's doing them at the collegiate level, like Nick said. He's doing them against Pac-12 defenses. He's doing them with really good receivers there. All those factors are there as well. So just some things to keep in mind. Joseph Esposito. Joe, thank you so much. He says, I turned the TV off since the sync to the SXM feed was so bad. I said that I'd catch up via the All-22 this week from y'all. Going to be hard to watch, to be honest. Yeah, I don't blame you if you don't yeah. want to watch this one, Joseph Esposito. But I appreciate that we can be the guys who can catch you up if you miss the game. Um you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to try to find yeah. something. Yeah, jo- <laughs> Joseph, well, we will be uh, definitely breaking it down. I'm not looking forward to waking up in, you know, not that many hours from now to, yeah. to break down New York Giants, Tommy DeVito offensive tape, but or the we will be here. That's going to be bad. Tape the, too. I'm actually more interested in the defense to see exactly yeah. like what, went how wrong. this happened. Yeah. Whereas the offense, it's like Daniel Jones got hurt and we're just like, yeah. like the, everything just got taken out of the team at that point. Sure. Uh, I do want so to the run blocking was really strong early on in this it game. It did I seem was, like that, man. I was impressed yeah. with the run blocking by the Giants early in this game. Yeah, Saquon averaged like 5.6 yards per carry. And it felt like more like in the past, this whole season to me, it felt like kind of just Saquon doing things or really good play designs. This one felt like good blocking from the running game. From the I agree. Line. Yeah. I absolutely agree. We also have D-Kit. D-Kit, as always, thank you. At least we get to play the Cowboys in Dallas <laughs> this week. Should be fun, right? Yeah, DK, we're ecstatic about having to play at Jerry World. And, oh, geez, it's just the crazy. Man. It doesn't even seem like that long ago when it was week one. And we're like, oh, crap. You know, we'll, we'll find out if the Giants are real contenders right away. Punched right in the mouth, like Mike Tyson style, like knocked your teeth out. We're just like, whoa, geez. Yep. We're not contenders. And nope. It's going to be an ugly game against Dallas. I hope the defense can play hard and try their best to turn Dak Prescott over. That's what I'll be looking for. Um, I'm curious if the Giants will even use DeVito or Barkley in that game. I'm not sure. Matt Barkley, I mean. I'll say this. I think the Giants, a lot of those guys in that locker room, will they'll come out swinging mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah, They're not going to roll over because sure. Dallas was mocking them. Yeah, right, right, right. 
making fun of the defense even. And the defense didn't even play terrible in that game. It was the offense putting them in really bad spots. So I can see the Giants coming out with just like their bellies on fire type of uh, type of attitude. Brett Moore. Brett Moore, thank you so much. Says, season is a disaster. Have to draft a new quarterback. Sign Higgins. And new right tackle. But I agree. Keep the coach and GM and stop the two-year fire cycle. I'm right there with you, Brett. Is it Caleb a bust or other quarterbacks in the mix with traits that matter? I think it's a bunch of quarterbacks you have to evaluate. You have to find the best person, not just best quarterback, but best person and quarterback for this role who meshes best with Brian Dable, who Brian Dable and just the Giants brass believe can be your franchise quarterback, man. That's a huge decision. That's such a, such a huge decision. And yep. it's been a little while now since the Giants have uh, made that. It's kind of crazy, man. I always, I always bring it up, but you and I, we did this podcast. Our first game was Daniel Jones. Yeah. First that Tampa game. Bay game. That Tampa Bay game. man. Amazing game. It and was. I'll tell you this. And thank you again. We really appreciate the support. Uh, obviously you've been supporting us for a while. And, and this goes out to anyone who's using the super chat function to support us. Thank you. Um, but, I'm ultimately going to like whoever the Giants do draft at quarterback. And now with the Jones ACL, it's a guarantee they'll draft a quarterback. Doesn't mean first round for sure. They could draft anyone in the first round, Marv Harrison, any of these players. But rounds two, one, two, or three, I am 95% sure the Giants will come out with a quarterback in rounds one. I mean, what else can they do at this point, right? Tyrod Taylor's a free agent. Daniel Jones is an ACL injury potentially. Like he may be injured going into next year. I mean, they, they could sign somebody though, too. They could sign some bridge dude, but like, yeah, they're gonna want to get someone. I guess they, if they, I'd really, imagine, if they have a lot of faith in Jones, they could sign some bridge dude. But they were looking at Hendon Hooker last year. They've been looking at guys in the draft for a while, like as they should, as they should, as every team should, in my opinion. If you don't have a top franchise guy, um, and so, you know, I'm ultimately gonna nick, like, just be down with whoever they draft. And be honest with you, because I just, I'll tell you why I feel that way. There'll be guys I want, Nick, and there'll be guys I don't want based on the tape and what we do in our study. But I'll say this. I feel a lot more strongly about the guys that I want them to take at running back and at wide receiver than I do at quarterback. You want to know why, Nick? Because quarterback is a freaking crapshoot, okay? I could see somebody I really like. You could see somebody you really like, and we could be right or we could be wrong. I love Patrick Mahomes. I was right. I love Josh Rosen. I was dead wrong. Like that's the state of quarterback play. Like you can go from like calling Mahomes when everyone's talking about as a third round pick. And what I felt like was like, this guy is it. He's going to be the next right quarterback. And you can check the receipts by the way, on Twitter, for those of you who are questioning this, I said it in February of the year when he was considered a third round pick at the time. But then I also love Josh Rosen who had amazing tape. I thought at UCLA. So it's like, where are we going with this? How do you figure this out? And ultimately Nick, I'll have my guys. You'll have your guys, but I'm going to default to them, Brian Dable and Joe Shane, as far as where they go at quarterback. Yeah, and they have so much more access than exactly. we do. Like, they're interviewing these kids. Like we yep. could love someone. And they're putting them in front of the board. They're doing everything with them. Yep. So it's you, see, you have to have the trust for Dable and Shane, which I still maintain that right now. I, I look. I, I, I think Brett said it best, man. You you can't keep recycling right. coaches and general manager. We know John Mayer didn't even want to do that with Joe judge. I think we all agreed. It was time that Joe judge went. You couldn't just get rid of Dave Gettleman and allow Joe judge to come in and then just hire another. No, you need the new general manager to just recorrect what the hell was going on. Course, correct what the hell was going on. And they did luckily. Right. But <laughs> I mean, right now I say luckily, and here we are in 2023 with just a terrible situation 
ahead of us, but I, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to um, get rid of the coach and the general manager just yet. It's not and I'll also say this to add to that, Nick, like as far as that, that idea goes, I am waning it some, de- in some degree, as far as Dable's ability to coach in game, but I still believe in his ability to evaluate quarterbacks and understand quarterback playing to help maximize quarterbacks. Cause there's not just one example of this. Obviously, there's a Josh Allen example. That's a great one. It's the best example in football, essentially, considering where he was at. And Absolutely. for those who don't who don't agree with it, go again, go look at that Wyoming tape. I'm telling you, dude, I watched six games at Wyoming. He was missing balls in the flat by three yards, underthrowing by three. It was, you know, it doesn't even look like the quarterback you guys watch when he plays for the Bills today. But it's not just that example. Look at what he did with Daniel Jones last year. Daniel Jones was horrific his first few years with Garrett and Judge and even Shermer. Like everybody misremembers that Shermer year. He beat up on three bad defenses that Shermer year, was horrible against all the top defenses, and had like a great game against Washington's backup defenders that had quit on a coach at the end of a year. But he still, like you said the other day, Nick, averaged like under seven yards an attempt. 6.6. 6.6. The explosive plays weren't there. The explosive plays were probably higher than they've been just because they've been dead last. So, I mean, anyway. And then he turns him into having a career year where he's considerably improved last year, pocket presence and other things like that, throwing on the run and creating on the run. Like he was his best with Brian Dable last year. Obviously it didn't happen this year with Jones. He got injured. That O-line got injured. Shit went down the hill, but Dable has already proven to me that he can evaluate and maximize quarterbacks. So that's why with that specific thing, as far as which quarterback they do decide to draft, I am more confident. Yes. Now we got JC NYC said, I've noticed DJ does not have a sideline throw. So I'm guessing like he just hasn't made a throw along the sideline. I mean, he has to the boundary side a bunch of times, but talk about from the field side, JC. Just uh, Roger up in the chat. You don't got to super it again. Then we got Chris who says, do you think the injury injuries are concerning for Penix? Yeah, I just looked up yes. his injury history. I knew that he had like a lot of ACL injuries, but he also, I think, had something with his um clavicle so like your shoulder area that's concerned how old is he how long has this kid been an older prospect as well he's a much older prospect i mean this is the same guy which is crazy to me nick that i watched at indiana which i just once that like it's so funny these guys get cycled through so much i'm trying to find his age right now um he's he's turning 24 he'll be 24 by the start of his rookie season I don't JC. love to just rule people out with age, Nick, because of Joe Burrow. Yeah. Like that situation. I mean, Joe Burrow was like a year older, though. Right. What, oh, he was only a year older at the time. Uh, Joe Burrow, I think, was either late 22 or maybe 23 when he was drafted. He wasn't like you're right. You're right. Because he's only 26 yeah. now. So never mind. Yeah. JCNYC also followed up. He says he just misses long sideline throws. Yeah. Sometimes it does seem like this oh, season yeah. has been drifting out of bounds a lot more. Tons of balls drifting out of bounds. But even last year, sometimes it would drift out of bounds, but they just weren't taking that shot often yeah. last season. Like I, think that was- his ball, I think his deep balls have drifted out of bounds his entire career, going back to his rookie season in 2019, watching that cold yeah. Eagles game at the end of the year and that Packers oh, game in the snow at the end of the year. I don't know why games. people have this idea that he was throwing a good deep ball. I think it's because one time PFF put a graphic out about his percentage of deep balls the year he threw like 13 that. of them, yeah. and everybody made crazy deal about this. But like – just use your eyes, guys, and your memory. The deep balls. Have they been in front of the wide receiver? Have they hit receivers in stride? Have they been in play a lot? Or have there been a lot that you remember that drift out of bounds and hang in the air like the ones today? The one today. So I, yeah. I just don't know where this idea of him being a good deep ball thrower 
comes from for as far as the tape goes. I know that one year PFF had those numbers that like how many times have we seen those BFF charts be like unreliable though? Nah, I know, man. Any uh, other takeaways from this game, dude? It's just um, I'm glad Wandale got a touchdown. Tommy DeVito got his first touchdown. Wandale uh, escaped and found his way to the back of the end zone. But dude, it's watching this tape is going. That was a good play, by the way. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna by be Wan- terrible. By Wandale. Uh, I kind of flipped by DeVito. I oh, mean, like, yeah, yeah. I just—I'll tell you why, Nick. I—we've been watching a lot of games. Like, is that the first time we had one of those plays, like back pylon touchdown in the red zone? It's been a and bit. It's, it's been, been a bit. long time, like since we just had one of those where the receiver is just like the play is created and it's back pylon. I've, I remember last year DJ had one to maybe Hodgins or Richie James, where it was like he broke off against the maybe it was the Colts game, um, but it wasn't back pylon like that. So that no. DJ had a couple touchdowns last season where he stepped up in the pocket, flowed to his right, right and then found, but that was different than what DeVito did this last yeah. time. Like Wandell just got left behind. Right. The defense forgot that Wandell was even back there. Like, oh shit, that yeah. little guy's back there making that catch. <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job keeping his feet in there. That was a nice catch. The yeah, run blocking yeah. was good. That was another thing which we'll we'll look at on the film. Um defensively, it's 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 I'm curious. I'm kind of like you. I'm just curious to see what happened because it can't just be they lost Leonard Williams and the whole defense collapses. That that I, yeah. I don't think it was that man. Yeah. I th- I mean maybe maybe it affected mentally the continuity of the defense. Yeah. Not even just uh, no, not even just mentally because it did seem like the cutback lanes, which there hasn't been a lot of cutback lanes. So it's like the Giants were getting really aggressive, like trying to bottle Josh Jacobs up, and then he just bounced it outside. Right Whoever now. that forced defender was, that contained defender, which we'll have to go through individual plays and figure out who that is, just didn't do a good job executing his assignment. And All that right. can lead to like a 15-yard gain, you know, because then it's the safety who's got to come down and, and uh, get him from the backside. But yeah, man, it's been, it's been rough. What do we got here? Kev Ken 60 says, let's start the quarterback draft previews. No more waiting for a receiver to be open. Yeah. We're going to have to get on that soon. I'm going through a move yeah. here shortly. And, um, so I'll be, um, doing that, but I'm going to be ready for draft season. I'll be back in the Northeast and it's going to be fun. I'll say this, Ken, I'm open. I'm obviously not a great idea to be bringing this up on the podcast. I better to talk about this with you, Nick off pod first, but I'm open to the idea of starting stuff early this year for the draft. Um, yeah, if you are, we'll, we'll talk about them. We'll figure it out. And obviously has to work with our timeline and our schedules. Both Nick and I do a lot of stuff outside of big blue banter that requires our time from a work standpoint, but I'm into it. Ken, I I'm down to start the QB previews at some point because you know where I'm at with this. We're, it's been enough for me. I'm I'm ready to to turn the page and, and start something new at quarterback at the quarterback position. Season long baller says, finally caught you live. Thank you so much for the donation. Season long baller. He asks, I know DJ is the topic, but are you guys concerned about banks today? And do you still think he can be a cornerback one in the future? I do think he can be a cornerback one in the future. He hasn't had the best two games in front of him, but, uh, Look, I actually, we said on this podcast that we thought it would be a little bit more rocky than I think it even has been for Deontay Banks. He's exceeded my expectations in year one. I'm not worried about him. He's going to lose sometimes to Devontae Adams. He's going to lose sometimes to Garrett Wilson. And he's going to lose sometimes when he's lined up in the slot, like that one route he had against um, Jacoby Myers. I think people like, there's so much separation on that play, but like. Myers, by the way, is just like a it's randomly good. good player that nobody realizes is actually good at football because he's like good at creating separation. Um, and he's not fast or he's not super fast or whatever, but 
I'm not worried about it to answer your question. I still feel like we've seen a lot of good things out of him. I think Nick, you did a great job of breaking down just like how advanced he is from a mental standpoint for a rookie in my mind, when he's doing things like in zone coverage and coming off of his player and passing off players and then using his head to make plays like the, uh, even like the interception against Washington, for example, or the play made in the red zone, I believe week one or week two. So I still feel like he's there, but obviously, you know, it's been a, it's been a rough two game stretch for him. It has been Dylan Manning, 69. Thank you so much for the donation without Daniel Jones. What do you think our record will be? Are we drafting a quarterback? Love the pod guys. Keep up the great work. So I'm assuming you mean without him going forward, Jeez, mm -hmm. you know, the giants, I think at most could win two games. So you're looking at four wins on the season. Now, maybe more. You got Green Bay. Saints is going to be difficult. You could be Washington. Could you steal another game? I don't know. So I think like maybe best case scenario for winning, which I'm not certain that that's the best case scenario, but the best case scenario for winning would be four games. So you're looking at a top four pick. What about yeah, you? I think, I think you're pretty onto this. So here's the situation, Dylan. Um, when you get this deep into a season, you can't like just go, like I saw some people say like, can they go sign Carson Wentz? It's like, no, you can't sign Carson Wentz for a multitude of reasons. First of all, he sucks. But second of all, he and he's mentally broken. But second of all, he doesn't know the playbook. He has no timing with the receivers. Like, this doesn't work. Like, they got Matt Barkley. They're going to – sorry, go ahead. You can put him on the practice squad and see. Yeah, I mean, like, like look at what Josh Dobbs just did, but that's a certain situation because Dobbs yeah. is who and he Dobbs is. Dobbs is actual talent. Like, Dobbs yeah. is legit. He's not great, but, like, Dobbs is somebody who can do that. Carson Wentz is not going to be able to do that, in my opinion. Josh but, Dobbs um, is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He does have some Fitzpatrick to him. I don't think his arms as, as good as Fitz's is, but not that. Probably not, hard. but like, he has the, oh, he's moxie. done. Well, yeah. yeah, he's done. He's sacked. Oh, wait, he just ran for 20 oh, he's yards. He's so good at that. The one escape he had today where he was, like, sandwiched in the pocket, and that was, like, the biggest play of the game. The game is over. If He get, he should get sacked. And then, that was a wild play by Josh Dobbs. He looked good today. Um, and obviously what he accomplished from a feat standpoint is just amazing. I saw some stuff after the game with Kevin O'Connell, like <laughs> what they were, I saw him like taking snaps on the sideline with a center. He had no exchanges with in practice or anything. And then Kevin O'Connell was like, this is one of the most impressive things I've seen by any football player in my entire coaching career, what Josh Dobbs did today. But you know, the giants don't have Josh Dobbs to pick up. They're going to go with either DeVito or Matt Barkley. It looks like, and Matt Barkley is horrible. He was horrible when he got his chance before. I, I hate to say it like this, Nick, because like these guys are all obviously so much better than me or you or anyone who listens. And these are professional human beings at quarterback, and they're one of the few people who can throw football, I guess. But like, don't expect to win football games with Matt Barkley. It's not much. I I would rather see Devito, honestly, to be completely honest with you. At least he can run a little bit, um, and he knows the system. But what's the ceiling from a win standpoint? I would say four is the absolute ceiling. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the second Washington game, so I'm ruling that one out almost immediately. I think Sam Howell, have a they'll have a much better plan for Howell against Wink in the second one, and I don't think the Giants will move the ball at all. Green Bay is going to be their best chance to win a football game. It's at home New for England. the Giants, and that'll be the second best chance, I think. Um, the first, the reason I say Green Bay is because I think Jordan Love is just that bad. At least with yeah. New England, like Bill Belichick is just going to absolutely dominate a DeVito or Barkley type, so it's just going to be game over sure. from the start, basically. So I would say they're more than like they're they're probably going to either finish in my mind two and fifteen or three and fourteen is my prediction probably rest of season, and that probably gets you a top three pick. 
And Dylan, to circle around with Maybe. your next question, are we drafting a quarterback? I, I'm i not a 100% sure, but definitely has to be explored. But yeah, you're right. It could be maybe. It's like if they win three games, because the Panthers, Panthers, Panthers and the Cardinals each have what? One win right now? Do the Cardinals only have one? Because the Giants also lose the, the tiebreaker to the Cardinals because the Giants beat the Cardinals. So that's the other thing. But the Cardinals yeah. have one right now, Nick. You're right. But I don't think they're going to be able to hold Kyler Murray back for the rest of the year, right? Like, it's just like he's not down for that. So... I think Kyle Murray, I think the whole thing with Murray was they didn't want to throw him to the Wolves in Cleveland against that defense. I agree. If he comes back next week. Like Cardinals are probably going to win like two or three games potentially with Kyler. I think. I hope. Clayton, Clayton Toon was a sacrificial lamb. Oh my God, was he bad? <laughs> I have to start him in my two QB league. I'm going to lose Apex at minimum and possibly my matchup. No, not my matchup, but Apex win because I freaking had to start Clayton Toon. And I knew, Nick, that a position player would have been better than the quarterback for the Super Flex if it was Toon. But I just, Said I can't put a position player. I have to put a quarterback. That's Gettleman mindset right there, man. I was that's the old mindset. like Gettleman mindset. I did Gettleman my team, and that <laughs> cost me. But um, so I think they might win some games. I don't know if the Panthers are going to win another game, so that's going to hurt the Giants. That'll be the Bears pick. And then who else is in the mix for for this pick? Did the Bears? The Bears will be in. Patriots are the worst. Uh, the Patriots. I'll, the worst I'll tell division. you this right now for those listening. I don't care what anyone says. I won't lie about it. I want the Giants to lose that Patriots game. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not going to root for the time, but I'll know going into it for the week, entire week, and I'll know the minute after the game if the Giants pull that up, win off, that it's going to be really bad for them. Just going to stand here and say because that's a team competing for them for those picks and the tie break. So Patriots, good call. They have a game of the Patriots. Packers too, right? Aren't the Packers in the mix? I think they have three wins, but the Packers I mean, have by three the end wins, of the right. by the end of the season they're. It could be in the mix. And with Jordan Love, I don't know how many more games are going to be winning. I feel like every time I look at a scoreboard and the Packers are on, the score is always like 10 to 6 or like 10 to 13. And it's just such a gross game. Also, Jordan Love has like a wild amount of clean pockets to throw from too, and he's still that bad. Like I saw a stat the other day of like all the bad quarterbacks, you like correlate them with like the clean pockets, and it's like awful. It's like who you expect. Like And then it's like Jordan Love, he's on this side of the axis of like, top five in clean pockets and he's like still this horrible at quarterback it's rough man it's rough hb greg thank you so much he says over the years mediocrity has become the norm small wins are celebrated mm-hmm. like sbs since they gave fans so little is that super bowls i'm guessing or so SB? super bowls celebrate she's saying small wins are celebrated like super bowls oh uh, small wins are celebrated like super bowls all right that's yeah, true and they shouldn't be. Without demand, demanding high standards that everyone adheres to, it eventually bottoms out. Yeah. It's crazy, man, being a Giant fan in this time. But like, I always try to humble myself and be like, I could be a Jet fan. Like Very easily, I could have just been a Jet fan. And I wouldn't have any Super Bowls that I've celebrated. Exactly. Like, not even close. Like Generations before I was born, they don't even have a Super Bowl to celebrate. So... I always try to put it in perspective like that, but it yeah, doesn't it's help. It's with you. Yeah. It's because with you. It's because of my brother a lot. Shout out Mitch and I are like, we would give it all up. We, we always come to the conclusion. I would, we will take what we're getting now for those two runs. They were magical. They were yeah. incredibly fun. They were some of the best moments of my life. Great time with my family. 
And ultimately, that's all that matters, winning the Super Bowl. Like, you can keep getting there like the Bills did with the, with uh, Jim Kelly, and then nobody remembers that. Nobody wants to remember that anymore. It's just devastating to lose all those games. And, you know, you'll give it up. But I will agree. But I want to go back to the main point. Throw that back up there real quick, if you don't mind. Thank you, HB Greg. We know you've been uh, supporting the show for a while. I like what he's saying here. Like, can we turn as a fan base and stop celebrating these small wins like victories? Like, stop looking at Joe Judge's 2020 run for the Giants where they almost got in the playoffs at 7-8 and eight or 7-9 and nine or whatever <laughs> because the NFC East was so bad, but, you know, they benched. Oh, they put in, they benched Hurts. They put in. Stop that. Stop calling those wins. Stop celebrating those. Last year, they win a playoff game. Stop acting like they are now a competitor. Like, like he says, mediocrity cannot become the norm. You cannot allow yourself to just take playoff win here or there every five years and consider that something that you want to build towards or improve on. Or, you know, it was good. It wasn't there this year. But if we just do this and we just get this position group better, it's going to be good. No, that hasn't been working for the Giants, obviously. It's why we keep bottoming out, as Greg said. And I think he absolutely nailed that one. So I hope the fan base can start to turn the page on that and start to uh, come up with a different way to to, you know, a different set of expectations, I, I should say. Yeah, I think a lot of the fans just end up, people too, like I do it as well. We just try to sell ourselves on. Yes, and on, I did it. Little, yeah, we all did yeah, it. <laughs> you know, we just try to sell ourselves saying, well, you know, maybe if they did get this and you, you right. kind of overlook, wow, we were really fortunate for a lot of those wins. Like Xavier McKinney doesn't punch right. out that football from Travis Etienne. Right. I don't know if that's a win. Randy Bullock, who's now a New York Giant, doesn't send a field goal wide that's going to be a loss. And there's just sure. a lot of situations like that last season. And we did kind of suck down the stretch. And then we ran into Ed Donatel's defense twice and a Colts right. team that gave up on Jeff Saturday. So it was right. like, and we knew it at the time, but I personally just, I thought that the giants were going to, I thought the, the, the infrastructure that the giants had here from a coaching standpoint and from a front office standpoint was enough to at least have them compete same and overcome it and it just it, it wasn't it wasn't yeah i think that's a fair i we i think we also both thought that they could improve in the past game like we saw yes. some good signs with jones last year jones was better at pocket manipulation last year he was better at changing some arm angles up and arm slots and he was better at throwing on the run last year than he ever was and even at times it felt like the timing of the and the rhythm of the passing game looked okay at times and mm. was decent but Obviously, like none of that really happened and injuries happened and felt like the coaching edge that we had last year just wasn't there this year for whatever reason. No. And there's also just like weird stuff that the Giants are doing. Like they only had two tight ends again. I know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that, especially when on. one of them is Lawrence Cager. Like Daniel Bellinger is one of your most important players on offense. Yeah, and it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. And it's not just because Daniel it's like Daniel Bellinger is better than it's not that it's. If you want to run any kind of multi-tight end personnel package, Daniel Bellinger is the catalyst to that. He is the yes. only person who can execute the assignments to allow those packages to be successful. Why are you backing yourself into a corner like that? I thought for sure they would add somebody to their practice. Me squad. too. Somebody that could actually block a little bit. Yeah, it's a blocking did. tight end. There's plenty of them on the waiver wire. They're always out there. And you got Cager out there. And look, man, Cager, I'm not like throwing him under the bus here, but the dude is a wide receiver. Right. 
who is playing tight end now. So what's the point of even having him on that? We don't need another wide receiver to put out there. Like they have plenty of wide receivers who are not getting enough snaps anyway, right now. Well, he's a tight end, but like my, my point is like, he's nah. not going to add that blocking element that you, yeah. need, especially That's if you point. want to run the football as frequently as, you, as you're going to with Saquon Barkley. It's and just he's not going to change the personnel for the defense. Like, it's not like they see Cager no. out there and like, Oh no, we got to get into our base. Like, so it's actually just pointless to put Cager out there at this point. It's just, and then Tanner Hudson, you saw him tonight with Cincinnati looking pretty good. I don't know why. <laughs> Tanner. He did. Yeah. He looked pretty good. That's your guy, man. That's your guy. Four for 45 tonight. And Chris Collins was like, Joe Burrow loves him. He was a former quarterback and he just knows where to go and he knows the spaces. And it did feel like he kind of knew that. And that's what Joe Burrow relies on. That's what good quarterbacks rely on. Anticipation of where the space is going to be. And that's where he throw the football into. And no yeah, point has Daniel Jones been able to do that. Did you try to like change your voice to be like Chris Collinsworth there? Because for a second, for a second, I was like that. I was, was like, a damn, it was okay, but then it just kind of bled right into your voice. And I'm like, that's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for a second, I was like, oh, all right. D Kit, thank you so much. He says, I think I could speak for the rest of the platoon when I say that you should consider using your considerable talents the rest of the season to prepare us all for the 2024 draft. We will pick third. D Kit. Thank you so much for the kind words. Thank you so much for the donation. And I need to familiarize myself with these top prospects because I just have a, a small understanding of who they are, very rudimentary understanding of who they are at the moment. And then I just dive deep. I usually dive deep in December. I'm going to dive deep once I get settled down after my move, which is coming in like a week and a half. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Um, we'll, we'll obviously still do our best to focus on this season, but you're right, Deacon. We should use more of our time to focus on 2024. That's what this is about. Two and seven years over. We all know that. Um, and thank you again for your donation. JCNYC, thank you again. He says, Neil and Kankle issues again. Sent him to guard. Oh, geez. I got to read these, but uh, <laughs> Kankle issues. Yeah, no, nah, Evan Neil ended up getting hurt. I hope that he's fine because I actually want to about, like, he's somebody that I'm Really know, paying attention so to him. bad. If if Evan Neal's out, it's just so anno- like, what yeah. are we here for at this point? If we can't even buy because people are I've given, I, I posted that, Nick, and people are like, no, doesn't matter. Like, they're like giving up on Evan Neal. It's like, no, we're not giving up on Evan Neal. We just used the seventh overall pick. And he's still a talented player. Like, he has a chance to become a good football player. Give him a chance. Like, let's see it. But we not might not be able to see it if he's injured no. again. No, we might not. And that would that would really suck. Charlie Metter, thank you so much. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Says, appreciate your guys' work and look forward to these therapy sessions every time. Unfortunately, that's what they are right now. <laughs> While Dable has absolutely made some bad coaching decisions this year, I'd still love to see him get to handpick his own quarterback for his offense. Charlie, I am right there with Agreed. you. Dan, I think you're right there with us as well. I think if yep. you give Dable the quarterback that he wants, we have yet to see that offense. Right. The offense that we saw in 2022 last year, which ended up being successful regarding winning games, I guess, but like the guy Dable picks, it's going to be completely different because right. I think he's going to have the ability. He tailored to that. Completely. I thought you were going to say this, Nick, but he tailored that offense last season to 100%. the quarterback he had. That's what good coaches do. That's right. what good coaches do. They and tailor even their- so, by the way, and the film shows it, he tailored the offense to the quarterback he had this year too when Jones first got hurt and Tyrod Taylor was in the game because those game plans were different and the, the 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 concepts were different and the things he ran were different. And he, that's what a good coach does. You tailor the offense to the quarterback you have. It's a lot more slot fades. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I can't do that again. 
HB Greg, thank you again so much. He says, it's because we can still remember those two amazing runs that we should be demanding much more from our team. Yes. We can't let ourselves become the Jets 100%. Like, who yeah. the hell wants to be the Jets, dude? Those Jet fans were in my, they were in my mentions up through like Wednesday. And I'm like, bro, get away from me. Like, <laughs> you guys are so weird, obsessive. But yeah, no, it's, um, I, I, had, I had Jet fan friends growing up. I'm sure you had them too. But mm -hmm. before every season that we would go into, it was, mm -hmm. dude, we're winning the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know they it was like delusional that. shit, dude. It was great, yeah. but yeah. I don't want to say too much on that. We don't get too much more Jeff fans in our comments here crushing us. We already get enough for everybody else, but yeah, I think that's all we have for today, right, Nick? Let's 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 wrap up there. Um, but yeah, for everyone listening in, look, two and seven this season is over. We all know that, but there's still a lot that we have to uncover and unpack the rest of the year as far as who can beat all the fringe guys right now, like. Ben Bredesen's a good example of that in my mind. Evan Neal, if we can get him back on the field, is a good example of that in my mind. Cordell Flott is a good example of that in my mind. And you can go up and down the list. Some guys I think have already solidified it, to be honest. Micah McFadden, I feel pretty good about where he's at in his I think development. Flott's in there, too. Flott's close, but I want, and I like what I've seen, but I want to see more as the season goes on. Dane Belton is a name that, that I think Belton's calls a good one. I want to right. evaluate. Yes. I personally, and my dad agrees with this, shout out Ron Schneier, we want to see more Nick McLeod on the field. We just believe when he's on the field, good things happen. I don't really know why he doesn't play, but <laughs> he's been good every time he does get a chance. But John Michael Schmitz, another guy that this is what it comes about. If it comes about, you've invested in these pieces. And even if you do hit at quarterback, if you want to actually win a Super Bowl, these other ancillary pieces have to help you get there along the way. And that's what it's going to come down to. So focus on that. And then obviously, as everybody seems to be clear, in the comments tonight, Nick, they want to hear about the draft. They want to hear about 2024. And so we're going to get to that as well, too. We're going to get to some future Giants talk as well, because it's two and seven season. Where else could we go with this? So thank you to everybody tuning in tonight. Thank you for everybody who donated in the super chat. That was awesome. It's always awesome. And keep it locked and loaded. We'll have more content going, some future forward looking stuff, as well as film breakdowns as, as, as you typically would get and everything normal on the podcast. But thanks again. We really do appreciate sticking with us in a season like this. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.